0: of hollyweird california at the epicenter of all things eerie and awesome it's time for charles band's full moon freak show welcome to the freak show this week it's my pleasure to welcome la-based filmmaker and podcaster joe lynch to our psycho circus Joe started his career in rock videos before making his directorial debut in 2007's *Wrong Turn 2*, the direct-to-video sequel to Stan Winston-produced horror classic. Wait a minute, Stan, because Stan and I, you know, we're super close. Oh yeah, oh, fuck.
1: So he. We're just going right into it. Fuck that intro. Fuck Who needs that, that no, intro? No, no, no. It's good. It's good. There's some people stuff about Peter Dinklage people, and people, Hayek and all that. Some bullshit, that, but whatever. it's good. Joe Lynch, good. everybody. Yeah, Joe, Joe Lynch. Lynch.
0: No, 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 no. No, it's good. It's good. Maybe we'll keep all this. Just like you, you should. No, it's got to be.
1: We got to do a good intro. All right. Um, fine.
0: But Stan, he produced the first one. Or he produced he...
1: the first one. Okay. And that was part of the reason why I went to go see it. Okay. You okay. Know, I was like, I got the, it. I got it. So, I, all right. Because he didn't. It's part of the didn't allure of that.
0: either. Okay. You directed the second,
1: take two. But we may
0: play this whole thing. So it's so amusing. Welcome to the Freak Show. This week, it's my pleasure to welcome L.A. based filmmaker and podcaster Joe Lynch to our psycho circus. Joe started his career in rock videos before making his directorial debut in 2007's Wrong Turn 2, the direct video sequel to the Stan Winston-produced horror classic. Among his subsequent storied story credits? Story credits? Very storied credits. Storied, yes, because they're. Okay, well, that's what he wrote. I um, hope you keep all of this in. Okay, we will. Among his subsequent storied credits uh, are serving as. Okay, oh, I see what he meant. Okay. <laughs> Fucking come on, Chris!
1: Chris, Jesus Christ, man! Like, Could have been a one sentence. It's, intro. it's, okay. it's starting to
0: read like okay. your Fango articles. <laughs> My God, man! Among his subsequent storied credits are serving as co-director of the insane horror comedy omnibus Chillerama, directing the Peter Dinklage and Steve Zahn starring film Knights of Badassdom, and most recently the acclaimed Mayhem with Steve Yoon.
1: Yoon? Yeah,
0: let's go. Good. I'll do that again because um, we're gonna use all this. And most recently, the acclaimed mayhem with Steve Yoon from The Vanishing Dead. No, it's the fucking the va- Walking I Dead. I would
1: totally watch The Vanishing <laughs> Dead. That sounds amazing. From the
0: Walking Dead, as well as episodes of TV's creep show. His latest shocker is a suitable flesh, based on Lovecraft's The Thing on the Doorstep, and starring full moon legend Barbara Crampton. Welcome to the show, We Joe. did it! Holy crap, that only took forty seven <laughs> takes. Yes. But
1: we finally got through it. And
0: in full Awesome transparency. We are going to show the whole thing. People will see how, I really how, hope how, how much so. we fumble. I fumble.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, like, look, you are a very Kubrickian with your process. <laughs> you don't want to make sure that there's at least 99 takes. So yes. Maybe this is more fincher if you will. No, I will tell you right away. There's more takes than you probably had in the last film, Back in the film, day right?
0: when film was used and every foot was expensive mm-hmm. and precious, this is irrelevant for young filmmakers like yourself. Well, thank you. But, but I, in, I know what it sounds like. back in f- the day, we were having to use short ends. Short oh, ends yeah. were what was left over. The big studio bought a 1,000-foot roll of 35. They broke it off at 200 feet. And we knew we had two minutes mm-hmm. or less to shoot a particular shot. That's
1: – but there, there is a – wonderful creative tension that comes it with is. that. Like, there's a lot of filmmakers these days that are, you know, kind of reverting back to film. Like, when the advent of digital happened, it was everything is so much cheaper and the process right. is so much better and the second, you know, uh, camera assistant guy is not sitting on the couch and furiously trying to get the <laughs> next right. reel going. Right. But, I, and I'm sure you felt this way as well, there is something to be said about the feeling that is on set the moment that you click on and you hear money rolling out <laughs> yes. of the camera, well, and there's there's a discipline that the actors, the, <clears throat> the crew, everyone gets on point. Uh, Whereas now it's you turn three cameras on, eh, just let it roll out. Yeah, we'll it's see what so happens. Contrary
0: to the way I was uh, trained and the way well, that I had to make movies for thir- the first thirty years. So that,
1: that's know. where I'm so glad that um, like filmmakers in my generation kind of came at the kind of turning point where right. I learned how to cut on a steam back, Oh, yeah. wow. And that okay. really made me precious to, you can only cut so many things so many times before your rough cut looks like Swiss cheese. True. And if you pl- you're playing it back for someone, the studio, the producer, right. whatever, your mom, and then it breaks, you're like, oh, God, I've taken them out of the moment, you know? That's and true. having that kind of discipline, both shooting and in editing, has allowed me to Not be worried about like certain things that are just like kind of lackadaisical when it comes to digital, but you really know every minute counts. And for movies like short ends, I I mean, I don't think I've ever told this story before, but with Wrong Turn 2, Mm -hmm. um, that was around the time that they were like 20, because it was done by 20th Century Fox. It was at a time we were always planned on doing it as a direct to video film. But then they were like, well, why don't we shoot it on this fancy new camera? What's it called? Purple Puce? It's red. Right. Red, red, red. Yeah, the red camera. Right. But I really wanted to shoot it on uh, Super 16. So, because there were so many productions going on at the time in Vancouver, they, they just didn't have enough film. So, we right. ended up, I think 80% of that movie was shot on short ends. And I know this because Short ends 16? Yeah. Oh, my you know, a God. A super, super 16. Super, whatever. It's, but still, super it was, you know, like, because I was used to, bizarre. like, okay, you know, you have, you know, eight to 11 minutes sometimes, depending right. on your mag. And right. all, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, two minutes. Like, right. we have Henry Rollins right. hanging upside down. I can't have hmm. him come down again after putting <clears throat> him up for two minutes. But, again, it... It forced me to know, like, I'm going to only get two takes on right. this. I better make it count.
0: You know, I can tell you're going to be a really tough person to sit and talk to because I said one word, short ends. And we got five really good minutes of shit. I, I, short if ends. I'm going to do another one in a moment. Throw out sure, <laughs> Bill Lustig and I'll you – know, like, no, 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 slow down. Slow down. We got to go back a little bit to the beginning sure. because – I, I do exist in a bubble, and I'm aware of your work. And, of course, Barbara Crampton's a super good friend. And she said, this guy is awesome. And then I understood more about what you did. And then I figured, oh, God, wrong turn, Stan Winston. Stan mm-hmm. and I were close for decades. And it's such a super bummer that he's no longer with us. He's one of the greats. But 2007, so he was
1: not – was he, he – he was the uh, – well, he was uh, – By name. name by you name. Know, the, the thing with wrong turn one was that – it unfortunately came out the same weekend as Finding Nemo. Not right. too many people saw it, but right. it made enough money. I was one of the yeah. two people that actually went to go see it. And when um, <laughs> I was approached mm. to do uh, Wrong Turn 2, I was on a list of, you know, the, the executives had to um, hand in like 10 names and I was 11 right. because okay. someone had seen one of my music videos on MTV. Right, right, right. So they just kind of threw it out there and I went into Nakatomi Plaza down the street at right. uh, Fox Studios, guns blazing because... I knew, and this is partially attributed to you, that there was a glut of splatter movies at right, the time, in, right. the, in the 2000s. You know, yeah. everything was torture porn. There was yeah, a lot of the um, worst. dour yeah, films that didn't have a lot right. of fun. Right. And I went in there with a whole spiel, but under the guise that, like, Stan was going to be involved. I had met Stan right. a couple times, like, you know, shooting at his studio, at sure. various conventions, so, always the sweetest guy Best, in the world, right. so humble and so accommodating yeah, to people. Yeah. I wish he was around now with the advent of social media and like TikTok and Instagram, right. where because Stan Winston Studios puts out so much on how tos, right, and right. he was the he was one of the originals on doing was, that. He was. So I went in there and I was like, "All right, so when do I get to meet Stan?" Hmm. And they're like, eh, "He's just collecting a paycheck on this one," right, you know, which right. was a huge bummer. Hmm. But knowing that. The original Wrong Turn had a fan base. Right. I wanted to <clears throat> do everything I could to at least honor. Right. <clears throat> sorry. That's all At good. least honor what he had started with the original film. And you know the original right. film was very much a, an homage to 70s films like Cannibal Holocaust and Last House on the Left and House right. Have Eyes. I knew I couldn't do that again. So that's where, on my original pitch, I went in and said, that was the first film. I want to make The Reanimator. Feel or the Evil Dead Two feel for this new one, and I'll. Well, you did. You made
0: a terrific movie. Thank you. I saw that. Stan, you know, um, I mean, we go back literally to way before you were even a figment of someone's imagination, early seventies. But um, and the last movie he did for me was Parasite. because Then he was. Very... <laughs> well, wasn't he doing you know,
1: stuff in his shop? He was multitasking between all was, these different projects. He was. But Parasite, you know,
0: the first movie I made, really, the first official movie mm-hmm. called Mansion of the Doom, Stan, you know, prepared these amazing makeups. This was like 74 mm-hmm. whatever the heck it was. And it was Lance Hendrickson's first film and Richard Bayshard. And we began our relationship and stayed really close. And, he, you know, he, on occasion, he'd, I mean, I'm so busy. He'd say, Charlie, you got to come down and check this out or check that out because he'd be conjuring up some monster mm-hmm. or creature. So finally, when I did Parasite, which was maybe seven years later, with Demi Moore, Stan said, "This is the last thing I can do because I can't, you know, work for you for, you know, getting a little a, a, a busy little, too, a little extra, know? super busy." But then we stay close till pretty much the the bitter end. But Stan was, as you said, extremely generous, yeah. the nicest guy, so gifted and so, uh, you know, involved in so many amazing projects.
1: Mm-hmm. Whether it was Terminator, I mean, Jurassic Park, endless, endless. Uh, well, he was also one of those, like. Supervisors in the right. shops when he was getting you know a, in, to a, to a point in his career right. where he knew that he could assemble a great team, an right. Avengers esque team yeah. of great artists that yeah, yeah. could work under him and <clears throat> carry his name. Right. And you know you talk to like Tom Woodruff and Alec Gills who worked with him on you know the second Aliens and right. they felt right. comfortable enough to be brought onto the third and have kind of taken the mantle on the Alien series. Right. All of those guys will attest you know, Stan gave them the uh, kind of creative freedom to make their own. You know, you look at Monster Squad and every one of those original designs under the parameters of you can't do a universal horror movie look, all of those, Steve Wang, you know, Gills and Woodruff, they were all very much feeling like they were making their own mark.
0: Yeah, and that's was,
1: because Stan was so giving he with was, that. Instead he of being was. so micromanaging no. and being like, no, 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 that's not how I want it. That's not the standard. And when Stan way. finally said, Charlie, this is the last thing I can really do because I'm busy
0: and this, that, and the other, he said, but I have a young kid who's perfect for you, a guy named John Beekler. Oh, and my John God. And John and I developed a relationship. The very next movie I shot was called Ghoulies. Yeah. And then John and I stuck together until poor John passed away. It's like, what's wrong with these effects guys? I
1: I saw John, uh, the last time I saw John, mm -hmm. this is a fun story, uh, okay. and it's it's funny too because uh when he was like filmmaker and podcaster, I'm like, Oh <laughs> we, because you know, like we've been fighting so long to be like these established filmmakers, and then someone comes up to you and goes, Oh, I love your work. Like, oh, thank you. And they're like, Oh my god, episode three forty two with uh, Barbara Crampton was right, amazing. Right, you're like right. I've I've made movies too, you that's know. Right, right. Um but we well, do you're, this, you're just starting
0: out. I mean you're a resume. You know, you're just beginning. You've I'm made, trying. How many movies have you made? Seven. It's nothing.
1: Well, I, well, compared it's to you, true. sir, sorry <laughs> if I can't the, shit out no, a movie no, no. every week, you know. <laughs> no. I try. No, no, I do no, try. No, no. But with, um, so uh, we do this podcast, another um, horror filmmaker and I, Adam Green, who's done the right. Hatchet series yeah, yeah. and Frozen. We started out doing this podcast as a way to promote a TV show that we were on, a sitcom that we were on. That's another Yeah, we were, we were stars of a sitcom okay. on Fearnet years ago. That's on Shudder And what is I that think? called? Holliston. And it was, uh, Snyder was, yeah. if I showed you a picture, you'd go like, that was you. Oh, you know, we had good. billboards up on sunset with yeah, us naked yeah, I remember, and everything. Yeah. It was a whole thing. But we did a podcast to promote it. And it was just a great way to bring people in like, like us today and right. just kind of shoot the shit, chew the fat. Right, right, right. And we started this thing called yorkie which is a 48 hour marathon where we stay up uh, we stay awake for forty-eight hours straight to benefit a dog shelter. For well, real, you stay up. Uh, but what does that have to do with year, anything? Why? Why do you? It's an endurance some? test. Okay. It was more just to see <laughs> by the, so by bizarre. day two at thir- you know thirty-six hours in, and we're going, I a <laughs> cucumber, you know, like what the fuck is going on? But okay. we brought John and um, Kanan to do a live commentary of Friday Seven. Okay, and this was. About twenty-eight hours into the show, so we were on our seventh wind, eighth wind, or whatever. Uh, good wind is actually wow. a very key word here coming okay. up. Oh my God. Uh, but we're watching the movie, and you know, I mean, I grew up with John's work, and mm-hmm. Kane is an icon. We worked. I got punched out by Kane on uh, Halston, and I, he was like, "You take a mean punch. That's you get that familiar. compliment from Kane Hodder, you can die happy." He's a nutcase. But um, Beekler had worked with um, Adam on. I think, uh, the first Hatchet, and then he acted for Adam and Hatchet, too. So, I you see. know, they've known each other for years. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and John was starting to get sick at that point. But he was such a trooper, came in, sat down. We're talking about Friday 7, right, one of my right, favorites. Right. And, again, I'd been up for a long time. And the coffee <laughs> so was bizarre. flowing. And I had to go to the bathroom. So I... Pardon myself. I yeah. go to the bathroom like right, right. off because uh, it's in this big studio, right. and I proceeded to spray diarrhea so loud. We can't and say so diarrhea vocally. on this. Oh, can we, we not say diarrhea? No, I, we can't. I was <laughs> spraying liquid shit like it was nobody's business. This is the most sort of unappealing story maybe I've ever heard in this room. I, I have. Like, after listening to some of the other episodes, <laughs> so I feel like I have to top something. You, you know,
0: way topped. It. Uh, so, so I, you're you're, you're We're paying for your bizarre uh, lack
1: of sleep and probably eating crap and whatever. It was all, I was eating crap all right on both ends. But so I walk out and I'm thinking, you know, nobody heard that, right? (laughs) I have never seen John Beekler so disgusted in my life. He looked at me like, what the fuck just happened (laughs) to you? What came out of you? And I didn't realize, because we were recording the whole time, I didn't realize it was so loud. They were talking about that. Horrible story. They, they forgot well like long time ago about Friday the thirteenth, part seven. They were t- they were giving a live <laughs> commentary about my bowel movements. So so skipping quickly past the bowel movement story. <laughs> it's hard, um, I know. So what is the
0: reason for the staying up to help I mean I understand the cause, but mm-hmm. is
1: is, what does endurance have to do with helping animals? I think it. it part of it was just the well, because I'm the one who came up with a really stupid tagline. <laughs> we'll stay awake so that they don't get put to sleep. <laughs> right? Oh
0: God! Oh, right? I mean, okay. Hire well, me <laughs> for geez, your taglines. Like, I'm, no, I'm no, a, I'm no a, we got a damn much it. better guy.
1: Damn it! That's, that was the whole pitch today. I was going to be like, "So, Charlie, I that's wanted to ask pretty... you for a job." Oh my no, God. it was it was more just uh, because we. We'll have suffer it. a bit in order to. Well, that's what it's going to be this year. Now that oh. we're, we're taking forty-eight hours and spreading it out over. And a week. I'm going to
0: make an appearance, right? Yes, I've you committed. are. You, but I'm, I'm not God, staying awake. So. You give me ten minutes. No, 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 since no. I'm God It's like. Don't yeah, worry. Okay. We'll, we'll make it very easy okay. for you. But it was
1: it was just having one weekend where we can concentratedly like. Focus on just getting you know as much money for these animals as possible. There's a a shelter in Massachusetts that is called Save the Yorkie Foundation, and these are specifically that breed. Yep. Oh, so it's not in, it, you got just you're just into Yorkies. It's just well, a Yorkie Adam, thing. Adam has right. a Yorkie that's like a, an emotional support animal. It's like his baby, and it's been it's turned into like one of the highlights of our show. It's become a third. She, she's become a third you member mean your of podcast? the podcast of the podcast, the Movie Crypt. Wow. She's the biggest draw. anytime that we've ever put out like Patreon stuff about like, hey, save the show, or you know, mm. like throw throw a book mm. our way, right? Nothing. Nothing. When we go, hey, we called it. Give Arwen a treat. Right. Thousands of dollars in a day. That's
0: unbelievable. So, so we, we just keep doing that. We've just been exploiting that goddamn dog the for just take years the dog. now. Wait. Okay, wait a second. All right. So back to the podcast. Yes. And forgive me because I'm sort of illiterate
1: with this stuff. So it's an it's a audio podcast. You're not it's, shooting it or anything. We, we tried video for a little while and it just got – That's cool. It so didn't work out. But we've been doing it for nine years now.
0: That's unbelievable. We've never
1: missed a week. And th- this has been through at least – for productions I've like I've been on sets and we've made movies and stuff like that it's just it was a great way for us to c- reconnect with our friends talk to new people because I think you can attest um you know whether you're making a movie developing a movie writing a film or just in life you know like by on Monday you're full of piss and vinegar right. ready to take on the <laughs> world by Friday you want to fucking quit right so we would originally we started out where we would do Thursday it every Friday. Thursday, Thursday oh yeah, wow is that comes earlier sometimes sometimes yeah. Wednesday you never know <laughs> But by Friday, we were like, we're done. And then we would have another you know, uh, filmmaker, actor, sure. actress, um, sometimes a lot of, a lot of times in the beginning, like below the line, like mm-hmm. casting directors and cinematographers and stuff. And they'd right. all come in and we'd all shoot the shit and we'd all go, man, it's so much nicer to know that you're dealing with that, right. too. And right, that it would right, give right. us a little no, more. That's, wow, that's a lot. This is my fourth month doing this. Try nine years. Nine years. I can't even imagine. I I I can't believe it's gone on this long That's great at this though. point. That's but great. it's it's a lot of fun and, and it's great because um, you know, we try to be inspirational as much as possible. Right. You know, I right. think you know, one of the things that I love about your show is, you know, when you bring on all of these, you know, filmmakers mm-hmm. and you get past the junket. Right. Kind of uh, yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. When it doesn't feel like you're just sitting in front of the camera going like, oh, yeah, he was a real trooper. And oh, yeah, that right. was great. You know. Yeah. When you can cut past the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a conversation. You feel like a fly in the wall and you realize, oh, these are people too, you know. It is. And what I like
0: about what we're doing and the only reason why I'm doing it because uh, another podcast, I mean, it's not what I wanted to do. And I don't. Nobody
1: even... does like woke up and First said, like, my... I want to be a
0: podcaster. <laughs> well, no, no. But. It's been suggested to me for some years, and, you know, my drive is six minutes, so I'm not the guy listening to a podcast in mm-hmm. my little six-minute drive. So I'm not into the podcast thing, and I thought, hey, everyone's got a podcast. You, you're you a you know a veteran. Nine years is insane. At this point, yeah. But what I liked about doing it this way is is the video side mm-hmm. of this because, you know, we have a streaming site on Amazon, U.S., U.K., and in Germany. Yeah. We have our own Full Moon Features app. We put it up. Obviously, it goes up on audio so people can listen to it as
1: well when they're driving somewhere. I, that's how I listened to it from the beginning. Oh, I didn't really? realize oh. that there was a video component. I'm so glad I did. The video's really Or cool. I would have worn a, another shade no, black did. T-shirt. So <laughs> I know you did really worked well. Out very, very
0: well-dressed. But this part I like, also because we can take snippets and use them later. Yeah. You know, we keep repurposing things here. So there's – who knows where this is going to wind up or a sliver. I just hope the first five minutes of you doing 47 <laughs> yes. takes is, is the preview because that's, that's going to be the I, I'm going for – what the fuck? I mean, you know, may as well do it. But I have to, just for the sake of some the pe- some people out there who may not know exactly who you are and what your work is. Like my mom. He's smiling like everyone knows who I am. No. That was God, a little no. a smile that I saw in your eyes. But – I do want to talk for a minute about the way you began with rock videos, because mm-hmm. that is, I mean, kind of fascinating to me. That whole world, which mm-hmm. I've never been involved in. I've had friends who were in there and did work there, but so was that fun? I mean, or was oh, it? Oh,
1: I love it. I absolutely love doing it. A whole different and it, mindset. It's like. Well, I mean, it became the the way to really put your work out there. In right. one respect, in the '90s, when MTV started putting directors down on the credits. That was a huge thing for both, you know, obviously the directors, like the propaganda directors like Fincher and Michael Bay and Michelle Gondry and Spike Jones. Like, they became somewhat household names. They became just as important sometimes as the artist when MTV was at its peak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much about, you know, filming techniques, storytelling in short form. Yeah, no. uh, Just from watching those. And at the time in the 90s, a lot of those directors were getting movies, you know. Before right. that, and you know, this is in the, the 70s and 80s. Like, I thought, oh, all right, I have to. How do I figure out how to get into movies? Or because um, I always knew I was.
0: So this is your plan, though. I mean, you figured rock videos, movies. This, I mean, this yes. was a conscious thing. 100. But oh, okay, I also cool.
1: loved the art form. I loved uh, right. when I was a little kid. I would take two VCRs, put them together, and I would make little mixtapes like. What would it be like if I took a scene from Puppet Master and I put Lucina Sky with Diamonds, which I did, um, and I would take it to that parties? That is a very bizarre. When, when, when? But I would take it to parties okay, okay. and thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna look cool." Right. It, the room would clear the fuck out immediately because <laughs> they're true. like, I "Look, I don't need to see you put Pantera against Lethal Weapon two again." That's funny. That's but funny. But it tr- it reminded me why I love music and film, and when you put those things together especially like when you get a great needle drop and you put it in a great scene like the first time you see reservoir dogs and you hear oh, it's stuck in sure. the middle with you and yeah. you go it fits perfectly that kind of symbiosis was something i've always been right. um, a, like attracted to yep and you would hear all these stories about f- filmmakers you know that were making big movies especially in the 90s getting their 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 first start in right. music videos so right. I, the, I i come from new york actually so i started shooting Every band that I could get my hands on, or that that I could, you know, talk to, was like, sure. "Excuse me, I have a DV camera. Right, 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 Would right. you want me to shoot you?" Um, and, and that's kind of how I got my start, that's at great. least doing that. And then, um, did you
0: get paid for some of that stuff? Oh a, god, a little
1: no. bit Oh god, no. Oh, no, no, on, no, really? not at all. I, I, I was the starving artist type. That was like, I'm gonna put every every penny on camera, you right, know? right, right, which right. was only fifty nine cents to begin with, <laughs> no, let's be fair. Right, but okay, but I it. it was for me. It was a great reel. It was a great promotion. Like I, I actually broke into Propaganda Studios in New York's office, and dropped off like three videos on all these desks, VHS tapes, like right, right. crazy, just to. See what would happen. Nothing right, happened. Right, right. Um, but that also got me um, a job doing. The, do you remember there was another MTV called Fuse? It actually started out as much. Music oh yeah, I USA, do remember that. Yeah. And they were looking for um, to do another heavy metal show like Headbangers Ball, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they knew uh, someone there knew my work or whatever, and said, "Could you come into our office and could you make it for absolutely no money? Your camera, your editing system, <laughs> and our secretary." Wow. And that turned into a show called Uranium, which mm-hmm. ended up being their first huge show. Um wow. our first interview was Rob Zombie. And it oh, was Oh funny. He was in here huge. a few weeks. I know, later. and it was huge. Wow. But that also got me uh, in touch with all these different bands so that when I moved out to LA, all those bands mm-hmm. knew that I was moving out there. And I was one of the first people to buy this camera called the DVX 100, which was a 24P camera hmm. that was like one of the first times that you could actually make video look like film in right. camera. I, yeah. this And I just kind of put it out there, and I just started making videos like crazy. So you and made
0: some money at that point, a few bucks? Yeah, I mean, uh, a yeah, couple yeah.
1: bucks here and so, there, so you know. You were... But I was still doing odd jobs, cutting porn, you know, like whatever you could. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It's funny because you were talking about your, your pseudonym with uh, Bill Lustig. Yes, and I'm yes. like, that, that's if you look up like my IMDb, if you go all the way down on the list. <laughs> in your mouth and on your face, too. <laughs> mwah, the editing is impeccable by Fernando Fagabeefy. Oh, uh, Fagabeefy? Fernando Fagabeefy was my, yes. uh, my well, surname. Well, we could have been a Fagabeefy and Bokino. Because I, I was Catalo Bokino, which is Charlie Blowjob, which is really embarrassing. Th- th- when I heard that, I was like, Man, <laughs> I got I to go back to the well and, and rethink my, my idea. Because, you know... <laughs> I don't know if uh, Luciano blow, uh, like rim job would <laughs> sound quite as no, good. Not um, good. Not But good. that video, all those videos that I did—that's um, great. For I didn't no know money, that's a lot. Then. you did a lot. I of did. Videos. I ended up doing like twenty or thirty music videos in like two or three years, and then one of them where uh, I did basically an homage to Evil Dead got on the Headbangers Ball, so we kind of came full circle, and that was the video that the Fox executives saw. And said, for "Yeah, wrong, why not? For wrong turn. For wrong turn, oh, too. Cool. What so it really did. Like looking back, Absolutely. it all worked out. Like that, that it, my trajectory kind of worked like how I wanted it to because music videos were just such a great way to kind of not. Well, just that whole era, yourself. you know, I, um,
0: I mean, I've got tributary type stories, but. That's the, why we're the, here. The, there, was a, there was a point where I don't know, early to mid-90s, we were doing great. Paramount was doing our distribution. Mm-hmm. We were releasing a full moon movie every month, which was pretty trippy, on 35. Right? I know. So, and um, one of the early movies was uh, called Bad Channels. I, I and, owned it. and, and uh, You owned it? The <laughs> and, Laserdisc. And my casting guy said, hey, there's this hot chick on MTV. Her name is Martha Quinn. You got to put her in. So yep. she's in the movie. Hell, yeah. But all of this, to me, is so weird, having been doing this for a while, how – Young people's frame of reference. None of this exists in their world. None mm-hmm. of this not, – nothing we're talking about exists at all.
1: Oh, those old guys are talking about those things that used to be not on that channel. It's just, just
0: the concept. I mean the concept of playing a movie at will. Mm-hmm. Okay, When I was a kid, that didn't exist yeah. you know, at will. I mean I was – early on, I had the first independent home video company. I, But people didn't understand that. You know, If you were looking to watch Frankenstein because you had heard about it, You'd wait for it to come to a revival house. Or was, you were you know, stuck
1: watching it on Channel 11. Uh, or Channel this, 5 with yep. that
0: terrible scene edited out where yep. the girl gets thrown in. The, you know, so, but now, beep beep, beep, beep this, you know, the world is so in that way with media so vastly different. But back to 35, just for a moment, I was the last holdout because mm-hmm. I was not into the digital thing at all. I wanted film. And there was a point, as you know, where it just became too expensive and yeah. too silly not to use the technology, which got better and better and better. But there was a – most people won't even know what I'm talking about. This is a really stupid story, but you will. Because there was a period where – okay, up to whatever the year was, I don't even remember, all 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Then there was a brief period where the – like your fancy machine or whatever that machine was you talked about, the edict was, hey, what you do is you shoot on film. Yeah. But you don't make a – You uh, don't finish. A, a, you don't finish on film. So you basically go straight to tape. Mm-hmm. I think they called it tape. It wasn't even digital. You edit on tape. And that's how you release your product. Yeah. The bummer for me, uh, since now we've been going back carefully as we can afford it, and we've been putting all the early movies on Blu-ray, and in some cases recently on 4K, yeah. is when you go back to a movie, and again, we shot maybe 3 to 1 if we were really splurging on 35. Wow. But you go back, and then you have 30,000 feet of negative that you have to transfer the whole 30,000 and match cut mm-hmm. to your video edit. Now, this is probably – people are asleep at this point. No way. No, no, no. But that was the transition period. And finally you go to digital and tape, and that's what we do today. And back to the dialogue about training and, you know, being careful with your f- – yeah, the, there was a certain approach to shooting <clears throat> these movies that is gone today because it's free. I mean, yeah. are we rolling? Did we cut? No, just keep you – know, Can I, uh, can I, I ask rolls.
1: you a directorial question? Yes, please. Uh, like if, you, if you don't mind. Because <laughs> no, um, one, one of the things that has been – that has gone from the discipline of directing is mm. uh, aside from check the gate, right. you know, which I still say I can't, I, I can't, i never, you never not know when say a it.
0: pube just flies in there. Which and is on my never... sets, there's pubes flying all over the place. <laughs> <so> usually mine.
1: <laughs> um, but um, when you would uh, converse with your script supervisor, and they'd say, "What yeah. takes do you like?" Yes, you know, and it would usually be like, you know, print one, three, and wait. Did we get more than three? You know, like yeah. the the idea of having to curate. Or prioritize, or, or make an you early know. select, yeah, like on set as opposed now to now. It's you know like on on not the last movie because our script supervisor sucked. Okay, um, but <laughs> well, the, we won't the one, his, his or I, her I, name. I, well, they suck. They know. Okay, um, but uh, <laughs> like on the films that we did in Serbia, right? The uh, the script supervisor whose language was very much second. Uh, the, their English language was very right. Much second. Right. Um, she would always come up to me like, so what takes do you like? And <laughs> I, like, I felt so bad because, you know, like it was just. How do you say so... fuck you in Serbia? It's just in the nicest oh, God, way. I wish it I remembered. All I remember yeah. at these days is Zastudene, which means why not? Why you know, not? Which, which is what I that's said. That's a good I mean, answer I, for which take do you like? Why not? That's, that's why I know it. Because after a while, I was just like, print them all. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. it doesn't matter these days because Uh-oh. I would rather have the latitude of knowing because you're moving so fast. Like, because like just on the last movie, there were takes that we had that on the day when I'm looking at the monitor or right next to it, I would go, oh, it was a little soft. Mm-hmm. You know, the focus was a little right, out right, or something right. was off. But then you'd look back and go, wait, actually, that works really well. Like, right. yes, maybe the, the focus might be off a little bit, but the performance is great. <clears throat> right. or, you know, something just worked there. But so But that, uh,
0: that's just a discipline that has a lot to do with money. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day... The reason why in the old days they would ask for what take mm-hmm. is you could, you know, print certain takes. If yeah. you had, if you, I mean, we printed almost everything because I shot two or three takes. That's it. I mean, that's sometimes, what sometimes, I sometimes one, it. you know, mm-hmm. and even the DP sometimes, Mac Allberg, who was such a oh, fantastic brilliant, guy. Brilliant, DP. Would say, Charles, we only have one take. I said, it was good. Let's just move on. You know, we, Wait, we, is
1: that what Mac
0: had an accent? Mac was Swedish. Oh, he was. For the longest time, I thought Mac Allberg. I thought he no, sounded he like Swedish. This. And the worst thing, um, I mean, yes, so I, he, he, I, 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 like obsessed over his work. Well, his for work years. Is, 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 brilliant for sure. This is blowing and, my mind. Yeah. I swear to God, I always thought so. It was so bad, like, hey, no, hey, no, he's a very Swedish accent. But what made everyone crazy is, you know, I grew up in Italy, so I mm-hmm. speak fluent Italian. And Mac spoke a beautiful Italian. So we, on all the many sets, would always speak Italian. Mm. Pissed everyone. Pissed the crew off. I would hear Because they all think you're talking, they're, well, you're they, talking they, about yeah, Well, they, know, they want to know what we're talking about. So I would have many cases. And sometimes I would say, guys, I'm sorry, Mac and I can't help speaking. You know, and what we said was, and I'd give them a little <laughs> something. Because otherwise, we're, was, no one understood what yeah. fuck we were talking about. Trend of thought. Why are we even talking? Oh, film, short ends, thing. Oh, money, because <laughs> that's what it all comes down to. It, it just rolls right today It doesn't mm-hmm. cost a penny more. So you may as well look at everything you shot and yeah. zip through it. And there was no zipping back then. You had to put yeah. it on the cam or the moviola, or you'd the, have to the,
1: like go over, pull it down yeah. from the bin, yeah. and splice it in. We watched
0: dailies for the first 25, 30 years of my career, you know, on a on a screen, mm-hmm. which was kind of fun, but yeah. it was always a day or two later. So no you one also, does that anymore. No, but but it was fun and cool because you got to
1: sit down like your big movie. I could never understand how you guys, you know, had the time to do that cuz like when i started it had to do it. it had to do it it's so weird like you know i listen to all these you know old audiobooks Well, books but i only have time right. for audiobooks but i you know kind of consume all of these mm-hmm. books about older filmmakers and they mm-hmm. would always talk about like yeah we were sitting in dailies one night and everybody's you know having a good time drinking beer and right. watching scenes back i'm yeah. like Man, I'm usually back at my hotel room or back at the Airbnb, and I'm already, you know, I'm stressing about the day already, and I'm trying to write the shot list. Well, and even as a
0: bigger, crazier brain twister, you know, you didn't get to watch the material you shot. Mm-hmm. It was one or two days old. Yeah. So you know, you finished. And you've the scene, already moved on. You've from wrapped the, location. the set. Yeah. Now you watch this also to in case there was a problem be able to go back and before you wrap the movie, mm-hmm. you know, but. Truth be told, we sometimes ganged up dailies on a Saturday. It's not like every day, like religion, we were watching dailies because we would be. I'd be tired. I was like, "Fuck that! I want to go home. Yep. Like, I, need, I need a. I need vodka or something." It was like, <laughs> I that need was to that chill. It was that time of the day. But no, you really did have to watch your material during the course of your shoot to mm-hmm. know what you were getting. But what was cool about it is. Probably every other time, we'd have at least a glass of wine, especially all the movies I shot in Italy. Because, you know, they, um, I never had wine not? at l- lunch, but the Italian crew always had a little wine at lunch. Mm-hmm. That was normal.
1: Even the Ser- the Serbians, when we were shooting, would always have a little rakia after yeah, whatever lunch. Whatever it is.
0: But in the evening, you finish the shoot. You know dinner's maybe late at 9, and mm-hmm. we wrap at whatever, they say 7.30, and then you drive... To see your dailies, and you have a glass of wine, and there was something really cool about that because you're in a movie theater. Yeah, oh, you're, you're not zipping wow. through on
1: a little machine. You know, it's like you sat down in the big screen. And did you ever have an experience where, like, you were watching the dailies and you went, "Fuck, this is not the way I intended it."
0: Well, I could many different fucks. So it's either fuck. That well, is, they're, yeah, they're or, very or there's good. also fuck. This is really good. This well, turned out so fucking good. What's a bad fuck? A lot of bad fucks. Just it's just that bad fuck is focus. Sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. um, you realize you didn't have the coverage you thought you had. Um, but you know, again, my training—we can go on this angle for hours—is forget the fancy shots and all that mm-hmm. sort of—not worth it. Just get coverage. If you're making a low-budget movie and and you know you have limited time, you need coverage. So the editor. Can cut around mistakes, yeah. you know, and I've worked with a lot of first-time directors. Some terrific, some yeah. not so terrific at all. Stewart was amazing. Yeah, but um, you know, if you have a good DP by your side and they kind of know what to do, but please focus on the performance. I mm-hmm. mean, that's that's where it's at. People are and watching these the human beings on screen and. Do we really care the camera goes up someone's butt and wraps around the head and goes high and goes low? Oh, you've it... seen my new film. Well, <laughs> that's am but, but no one really cares yeah. except someone, excuse me, jacking off to how awesome it is that that camera went in and out and up and down. Oh, so you've seen me jack off to <laughs> some, some of my favorite <laughs> wow. films. Great. I'm your straight man, okay? So okay, I'm going to keep throwing this stuff out at you. But truthfully, you need coverage and you need directors who know how to – work with actors, mm-hmm. who've worked on... I mean, why was Stewart so amazing? He knew how to tell a story. He was coming from a theater He world. came from the organic theater. He, yep. That was his world. Who cares how exactly it was all shot? And, you know, he was good at that too, but, you know, he, he sort of evolved as he... I mean, Reanimator Reanimator was his first movie. I mean, literally his first movie.
1: I, um, I I will segue into, like, one of the reasons why I wanted to come here, which was, you know, your book... Okay, which uh, you know, uh, available now. Confessions. Wait of a of minute! Puppen oh master. my
0: God! Look, here it is. Oh here. my God! And, and, wow! And, and it's, shameless and it's, plug. And
1: it's, it, 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 nice little dedication. To oh, you. nice. It doesn't say Joe Bigas. It, that's good. No, that's next Monday. <laughs> good. All right. So here you go. Oh, you confessions uh, of a puppet okay. master. I'm going to tell you right now. This book saved my life. Oh boy, a couple months don't ago. Don't overdo it. So right. no, no, no. I like, as we all know. Films are very difficult to make, especially right. like when you are uh, working on low budgets, yeah. uh, very short amount of time, uh, limited crew. Right. Uh, yeah, it can that. be a very arduous process. Yes. And uh, especially like when you're away from home, and you, it's, it's a very hard situation to be in. And um, one of my traditions that I like to do, just to kind of either um, clear my head a little bit before we shoot, or decompress a little bit. It's, get uh, drunk. No, I mean... <laughs> oh, I was going to say, it's almost like my sonic glass of wine in <laughs> okay, a way was cool. to listen to audiobooks. Oh, um, okay, well, and that's it, cool. I, I relish when the set is 30 minutes away or 45 minutes oh, away from... Really? Because I get that time to be able to, to just zone out. out. I get it. Okay. And the, the, your book uh, came out on audiobook form earlier this year. Right. And I couldn't... I was so excited. I couldn't wait to listen to it. And... For about ninety percent of the shoot, that's what I listened to going to set and coming from set. Is this the one that Barbara was in? Yes. So um, this is the one for a suitable flesh, flesh. okay? Um, Which rolls off the tongue much nicer than the thing on the doorstep. Sorry, (laughs) HP. Um, But I needed that so much Hmm. because there's nothing better, and this is part of the reason why we um, we still do the podcast is the commiseration between artists right. when you know right. that like when you're listening to stories about what it's like to be in Italy and you're trying to get three movies made or, or in the slammer or, or getting thrown <laughs> in jail I'll never forget that was day 17 of 19 when I was listening to that and I'm going like man today got so much easier in my head holy shit but that's funny it, having having that and listening to how breezily you would describe all this stuff because there's there's a world where you could have described everything that you were going on in the uh, glass half mm-hmm. uh, half empty realm right. where you can be like, oh, my God, I got thrown in jail and right. you know, I lost all my money. And, you know, fucking Klaus Kinski is driving me insane. You know, like all of these anecdotes could have been done in a way that was very negative. Right. And it was your positive writing and also the guy who did the audio because okay. You only did like the first and last chapter. Yeah, and did, he right. kind of filled in the rest. Right. I wish you did
0: the whole thing. Thank um, you. Man. And the reason why I didn't, just so you know, because I am over my head with stuff to do, is they said it'll be, it'll be 40 hours in the studio Oof. to do the whole book. Or four hours to do the intro yeah. and the... Pro- Here you go, pal. You so can, I did, you I did that just to
1: have done it. But I, I just didn't have the 40 hours. But you know what? I got to admit, he captured... He did. I thought the so. The essence of what needed to hear. Yeah. Like, I needed to hear, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. And every time that I would get in the car... Nervous as fuck because I have 30 setups today and I'm only gonna have 10 hours to do it. And I got to deal with Barbara Crampton again. Oh Christ! <laughs> oh, I'm God. kidding, Barbara. No, no, that's <laughs> not true at all. I love her to death. That's um, hilarious. But you know the the fear and the panic that all of us have when we get in the car to go to set or even get out or. You're leaving set, and you're like, "Oh my god, I only got twelve of those thirty setups." Right. right. And you need. I, I needed to have a friend in okay, that car. Well, I'm and glad I you was were, your pal, you my friend, my you, uh,
0: bizarre stories. So. It, but
1: it really does help. Like whether you are a filmmaker or even just going through a lot of shit in your life, right. when you can hear that people can survive a yeah. lot of really hard shit that's yeah. going on in their life it makes you want to kind of keep going, you know? Well, let's put things in perspective, you know? I mean, I, as you know, and for those
0: of you who haven't read the book, book, as a little kid, I almost died a couple times. Phew! Um, And my poor dad, who was on the set in Yugoslavia, Mm -hmm. speaking of Serbia, former Yugoslavia, was told on the set of one of these movies that your son's appendix is ruptured and he's being taken to the hospital in Zagreb or somewhere. And he probably won't make it. So my poor dad had to drive for three hours, you know, being driven for three hours Crazy. from set somewhere in the middle of nowhere with a Hercules movie to this hospital. And I, I won't go into it. But so in a way, read the book. If you <laughs> if you go through enough weird shit, then you look at other stuff. Go, well, am I really worried about this? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I was in a ward with people dying. Okay, it doesn't get much worse than that. So it also gives you a certain. Um, I don't want to say immunity, but you get a real thick skin when you've
1: you've seen some real crazy shit in your life. Well, speaking uh, of thick skin, uh, I have another fun little thing that I wanted to share with you. uh Um, So Meridian. Yes. (laughs) uh, The Sherilyn Fenn werewolf love movie Mm -hmm. uh, that you made in your castle, right? I made it in my castle, yes. I can actually say that. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much from this delightful (laughs) book that's available on Amazon, uh, but what's so funny was four years, uh, A, had the... Biggest hots for Sherilyn and Fen, yeah. who didn't at the time. Right. And I guess I had a bit of a werewolf fetish. There was nothing you know, like there was. Wait, remember so, Ta- so, Tanya's Island? Anybody sure. hairy, and have making love to beautiful women. So a big hairy beast banging Sherilyn Fenn was like a boner for
0: you. Was that like it, no? You know what it was. It,
1: it validated me because I knew that I was going to be hairy when I was growing up because my dad <laughs> was hairy, and I was terrified. Really? Like well, because in the nineties, mm-hmm. like everyone was shaving. So I thought, like, oh, my God, if I'm hairy, does that mean that I'm unattractive? Did you women? really have those thoughts? Oh, ha- really? 100%. That's in my, so uh, bizarre. Yes, 100%. I was terrified. Today, I'm like, yeah, let's b- let's bring down the, the buttons and stuff. That it. is but so bizarre. There okay. was a time that it sh- culture shifted from Burt Reynolds right. to Marky Mark. Okay. And there was a time where I was, like, like shaving profusely because Whoa, I was, like, I'm amazing. terrified that to ever take my shirt off. Wow. So when I saw Meridian, I'm like... All right, hairy guys get <laughs> get laid too. This is not Real too shabby. Guys. And then, um, like listening to the book, hearing the anecdote about how that because it was Greg Kenham's yes. suit, yeah, which was the same costume that was used in Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I also jerked off to. Right. right. So <laughs> oh, it was Jesus. a very weird, like, oh my god, I've I've made love to myself with that same werewolf wow, over that two is different a very films. very convoluted, when, bizarre. When I heard sort that story. story. Mm-hmm. In Mississippi, I was on a treadmill, right, right. and I'm running, and i like, when you re- make that reveal, I swear to God, I think I I almost fell off the treadmill. That's hilarious. I was dying inside because then immediately I go, oh my God, that's totally the same fucking werewolf suit. It Holy is. Well, shit.
0: Just for a little clarity, um, Greg Canham, who's an amazing effects one guy, of the best. He, even back then, before he became even more famous, well, he, like he was little, doing like Lost Boys and he stuff. He had a little hole in his schedule, and 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 of course, I did have a castle, and no longer, and I'm making this movie, and I, somehow I roped him in, and it been. Of course, I think part of the allure was to go to the castle and mm-hmm. hang there, because shooting and living at the place was oh my god amazing. You know, you go up down two floors, and you're in the basement, and that's where your set is. So that whole thing was so pretty cool. cool. But he calls me some weeks prior, and he goes, look, in, on your budget, I can't afford to make a full body suit and make it well. But I do have something left over from <laughs> Coppola's Dracula. I'll change the look of the face, but just so you know, you're getting a what a $40,000 suit free for your production. Insane. And sure but that's enough, how you, you do it. That's, that is how you do it. But I, I was... So happy to hear that, and <laughs> it cheered bad. you up as you were driving towards your like doomsday every day.
1: No, no, that was where I was like, that you know, was a good thing. running off those oh, okay. breakfast burritos in the morning, going like, oh god, I hate my body, and like, hey, that all too, right, not that's too so shabby, that's great, a yeah, good body. I don't know, it's I, so I'm, weird. I'm working on it. You know. Right. Well, know. as you know, like when you're shooting, you know, you, the last thing you worry about is your health a lot of times, you know, or at oh, least yeah, you, you know, like trying to right. maintain yourself. Right. I was on a I found at least recently in the last two years that like, you know, not working out, but just Staying healthy yeah. um, focuses mean more now. Well, for sure. Um, whereas in the past, I would always go, "All right, six weeks. I'm going to be eating, eating nothing but crap food and breakfast burritos <laughs> every morning and that. shit like that." Nope, not anymore. You know. I was lucky in that I learned
0: that at age nine after I went through these surgeries mm-hmm. because uh, I won't get into the gross part of it, but you you have something called adhesions later. It can happen. Yeah. And those adhesions strangle your intestine, and once again, you have a blockage, and they got to open you up again. because I've had many operations. So as a young kid, it took a few more years after that, I, I learned how to really eat well and eat properly. So I ate really well, and I slept pretty good. I never did drugs, which is amazing considering i time the, in the, time I'm that in the you, 60s. Yeah. I mean, some hash or weed, but that was not yeah. my thing. I drink wine and sometimes vodka, and I'm 90. And, you know, so far so good. It's turned <laughs> out really well. God damn And a <laughs> little hairy, too. Pretty, the I got shabby. Shab- they used to be dark, and now they're, they're not dark anymore. But what can you do? We try. So, uh, you know, this reminds me of something I do know about you that I found really fascinating. Uh-oh. Let me make sure this is accurate. Did you make a movie in Ukraine or produce a movie in Ukraine?
1: In fucking Ukraine?
0: No. No, 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 Misinformed.
1: <laughs> okay. uh, uh, it was uh, a guy that um, was part of, like, my management company in Anonymous Content. It's okay. uh, a guy named Peter Jackal. Had made the first 3D found footage movie it was right. a called ghoul. Yeah, ghoul. I remember and, that. And uh, they were I was in between I was the old in between projects okay. I was looking for a job. <laughs> right. Okay. And uh, and they my manager called me up and said like would you mind sitting down with this filmmaker and you know just help him shape the movie a little bit. Okay. And you know it, at the time First time a three D found footage movie had ever been made, right. which you know was a little weird because you're like if it's found footage, how did they go through all the process of even no, go don't through three D? Ah, whatever whatever. <laughs> semantics, <laughs> right, right. but uh, but it was great because this guy was willing to take my notes and then go back to Ukraine That's and amazing. shoot more stuff. You know, and That's and amazing. it was such a great. He just did a movie now uh, that came out um, a couple months ago with. Uh, Michael Caine and Ben Foster, this big, like, historical epic. And I saw him again. I'm like, hey, remember Ghoul? You know, and <laughs> he was just like, yeah, we don't talk. We don't, we don't talk like, about We don't like, like <laughs> to talk about that. It's absolutely. like when I'm you know. up into Helen Hunter to me more. No, no, it's, uh... But it's funny, too, because, like, he, I think we related because he just liked hearing all my stories about shooting in Serbia, and which I still, to this day, two of my best shoots, you know, you're, you're shooting Subspecies we, 5 right now, right? We now, wrapped right? that, yeah. J- really? Amazing. Did amazing. you go over there at all? I did not. I mean, I'm back and forth
0: to Italy a lot, mm-hmm. but we have a whole operation in Cleveland. It's another story, oh another God. chapter, and uh, I just couldn't be there. But Ted Nicola, my yeah, friend of forty the years, great Ted. Um, you know, subspecies five, blood rise. He we went there a month early. Well, we we were, we were going to shoot it in Croatia. This is mm-hmm. just before the pandemic, and then pandemic messed that all up. And then Croatia didn't seem to be the right be the right place, and then we kind of sort of stumbled into the uh, Serbian thing with mm-hmm. good reports from other. Um, you know, filmmakers. Well, it's and, and so Ted went there a, a month in, in advance to his credit mm-hmm. and ours for footing the bill to find the most phenomenal locations. Oh, and then he shot for a month, there. which for us is an eternity. You yeah. know, you, 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 you're, a month. Your 18-day trial and tribulation driving to set 18 days, our average is seven. Okay, that's what we're doing. But, you know, they're 60 minutes. They're not 80 or mm-hmm. 90 they're crafted in a certain way, and it makes sense for what we're doing. But Ted spent a month shooting the fifth subspecies. The last one, Subspecies I'm so excited. Four, I
1: love that series.
0: was shot 26 years ago. And the first three were shot in the early 90s, like 30 years ago. Wow. So time really fucking flies. But the footage looks ridiculous. So it'll be out in, I, I keep telling Ted, Tomorrow. January, he goes, oh, February. I go, fucking February. Of course he'll every director is going to say a month later. I know. But he, he needs it because – Speaking of thirty-five millimeter and so many edits and the frames get all dirty and scratched, Ted has an expression, and because we, we do go back to tourist trap. Yeah, I mean, you know that's that, that. was the first collaboration. Many, we got. many, many, many years ago. So Ted and I know when he gets into a certain mode, he'll assemble the movie. I'll give him some notes, and then it's pretty much locked. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know, I I need four or five days to do some frame fucking. And what he literally does now—it's all different now in digital—but yeah. back in the day, it's literally mm, this needs a little frame less, you cut the yep. thirty-five, and one more. And he would literally do that for a week. It just kind of futs with the yep. timing. That it's like, oh my god. So when you add in frame fucking, it'll be February.
1: <laughs> I think that's what. Well, now the deal with is. digital, you can do it on your phone. You can do lots of frame fucking Frame hump, as they call it on digital.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so the Ukraine thing, okay, so you weren't there. You kind of produced that or was helped like, make the movie. Yeah, I helped shape it out of the cool. fact, though. That's cool, but that's, oh, man, Ukraine. Okay. But it
1: was also nice because it wasn't me behind the camera. You know, like I, I enjoyed <clears> the fact that I could take a step back right. and objectively give him notes without having to worry about, you know, him actually, or me going out there and, no, and that stuff, getting yeah. in stuff like it was. It was nice to kind of take a step back a little bit, but yeah. it also made me want to go back to shooting immediately. <laughs> you know, I love it on set. I mean, mm-hmm. there's something, there's an energy. We were talking before, like I feel weird sitting on this director's chair because mm-hmm. usually, anytime that the few times I'm ever sitting on a director's chair mm-hmm. on a set means something's wrong,
0: okay.
1: you know, or something broke, and there's nothing you can do about it, Except and you same, have yeah. to wait. I love the energy that's on a set um i and i love you know kind of spreading that amongst yeah. the crew because yeah. we're so blessed we're so lucky to be doing this you know we are. And, and i try to profess that to every crew member every cast mm-hmm. member like you know barbara and i got along so well you know even before the shoot but mm-hmm. like we f- fed off of each other's kind yeah. of positive well, she's energy She's like a miracle chick she really is I, you know i, I, I don't know remember, how I, she I, does I, it remember i i knew
0: her back when she was a child yeah you know, oh yeah a child and she's still a child. She looks amazing. She's involved in a number of projects. We'll probably be doing something soon. She's mm-hmm. just a, a real
1: force of nature. Well, Barbara she's Cramton. the one who came to me with the project. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, right when the pandemic hit and everyone's going, well, what's next? You right, know, and right. Barbara had um, emailed me because we, we knew each other for a couple of years, right. but um, not you know not as intensely as we know right. each other now. Right, you know, right, in a good right. way. But uh, she reached out and just said, um, and and this really kind of was heartrending to me. Um, Stuart Gordon was trying to make this movie a thing on the doorstep Mm -hmm. uh, with Dennis's script for years and could never get it off the ground. And unfortunately, we lost Stuart, which is Mm -hmm. Mm heartbreaking to me because he was one of my heroes growing up. Meeting him at one of the Masters of Hard dinners was like, and sitting next to him was mind blowing, you know? Um, But she had asked and said to him, uh, and I don't know if this is hyperbole or whatever, but this is what she told me. Um, but she's like, she asked Stuart if there was any filmmakers that he would be comfortable taking mm. the uh, taking the reins. Right. And I was supposedly was number 11 on the list or something, <laughs> but I was supposedly on that That's list. That's cool. So she reached out uh, to me and right. I read it. And you know, one of the things that I think we all have to um, contend with Uh, When it comes to making films in a modern day age, is, you know, being a little reflective on the current culture. Mm -hmm. And when I read the script, and Dennis's script was very faithful to Mm -hmm. Lovecraft's story, but it also took a modern spin, you know, his his usual uh, shtick when it comes to adapting those films. Um, But it was very male skewed, it was very male Mm -hmm. gaze. Mm -hmm. And I gotta be honest, um, you know, I felt like it was. Just not the right time mm-hmm. for this type of movie in this kind of purview. You right. know, we're still into you know at least at the time that I was reading it, it would, Me Too was a very big thing, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and not not that it was reactionary off of that alone, mm-hmm. but it also felt like how many times have we seen a Michael Douglas '90s thriller where it's all about the male gaze, right, and, right? You know, the woman is always a femme fatale. Mm-hmm. What if, just you know, right. just to throw that out there. What if we spun it on its head? And, you know, if you know Lovecraft, um, you know, a little history about him, he tended to write on, on the more male skewed right. side, you know, a little right. misogynist, if you will. Yeah. Um, but, th- like, we just thought, like, my writing partner and I, when we read it, we were like, what if? Mm-hmm. What if we made, you know, Edward Derby into Elizabeth Derby? You right. know, And not just for the, you know— like, I, I kept hearing about all these meetings that would go on in the last couple of years where someone would take their dusty old Lethal Weapon rip off and burst into a studio room and go, fellas, I got it. Right, right. Lethal Weapon with chicks. You right, know, right, it's right. It's more than that. It would, you no, know, because... No, it isn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, like, the, the characters it. were older. You know, right, they weren't right, you right, know, right. women in their 20s or just mm-hmm. characters in their 20s. And I, man, there's, I, I got to admit, there's nothing sexier than uh, a, a, an older woman you know like i think that there's something really you know untapped when mm-hmm. it comes to erotic cinema that mm-hmm. doesn't have it where you know the the female character in their th- thirties now, but forties and fifties is usually relegated to the doctor or the mom, mom. you know, and, and <laughs> you know, there's, the think about it, so many actors mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. that we know of that were growing up in the, the heyday of the seventies and eighties who are now moms right? and, you know, they're still beautiful and they they're still sexual, right. you know, so we right. just, as a kind of why not pitch, mm-hmm. we pitch that idea mm-hmm. thinking, well, that's going to be the end of that. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, both Barbara and uh, and Dennis came back and said, that's actually a pretty cool idea. Let's okay. try it. You know, like, let's let's go and back. That's and that's what evolved. Too. And that's what evolved into the script that we ended up shooting. You know, and okay. that's where we were able to really mm-hmm. tap into things that I don't think we've seen very often in horror films and okay. erotic thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time that I had ever done uh anything like this i wouldn't necessarily say uh, i've matured as a filmmaker you know in terms of like the material but right, right. it was tapping into things that i'd never <clears throat> explored before and personally but well, we know I'm, you've
0: dabbled in you've cut porn oh you, yeah a little hold bit hold on you had a boner for meridian yeah both for the hairy creature and Check. the chick Check. Right? Check. all these things are part of the, the matrix that brings us to this uh, this show
1: that you flip the the, the protagonist right and, and and in a way where it felt like we were, like, and, and we tried to do this as much as we could, you know, not to just be, um, what's the word, uh, progressive. Right, right. But, you know, we tried to hire as many women on set, you right, know, as possible right. in, in key roles, right. um, not just, you know, the, the usual ones that people always associate them with, you know, just to try to bring as much. Of the female gaze into this as I possible. Get that. Now, no, look, cool. you know, they're gonna look right at me and go like, "But you got a dick, <laughs> you know, and you're a dude, you know." So, well, this of the course, bizarre gonna... conversation towards the end of our hour. The the thing the we dick, try. The girls, lots the gaze, of dicks in this. Louise, Louise. But it, it was something th- that th- i
0: Does it change anything now that you made the movie? That seventy percent of the audience that watches these movies are male. No, not necessarily 65% because five percent or two thirds
1: or whatever the number is. If there is anyone out there who I'm watches just, I'm just the movie, being, yeah, no, no, but it's true though. Like, look, a lot of a lot of horror fans are male skewed. A yeah. lot of them are younger, you know. So, Well, that, they are
0: all ages. I mean, you know, there are horror fans that now are, more than ever. Yeah. Well, there's a younger breed. Obviously, there's a certain sub sort of genre of horror films that have been doing really well at the box mm-hmm. office. Jason Blum has made all of them practically. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the, that's a different cut but um, the, the genre has always been somewhat popular now it's just out of control
1: it just felt like it was an untapped no that's cool it is area, it is, it you is know, to be able to to play with these characters in a way and play with right. erotica that right. i mean i I, mean, I don't know if you can if you feel the same way but i just feel like movies haven't been very horny lately well, there's a lot of reasons for that. That's a whole of separate course. hour
0: that would Of course. i I'd only you know want what? If four there's four people to watch. If
1: but. there's four more people that watch my movie and get turned <laughs> on by it, you know, because I've had sex in my movies um, and they're, it's weird fucking sex scenes. Like hmm. the Wrong Turn 2 has a brother and sister fucking, you know. And wow. Um, oh, yeah, man. Like, maybe it's the, good I haven't seen most of your movies. Maybe it did. Or, or maybe, <laughs> well, maybe you'll maybe be going not. home tonight and okay, wrong renting turn a lot two. of stuff. All right. Okay. I highly recommend it. But. I've, I've always had a very, uh, as we've already discussed, um, you know, a, a different perspective on sex when it comes to film. Right. Uh, and, right. And I've never had a chance to explore that in a film like this. And also at the same time, I don't think we've talked about this yet, like publicly, but, um, you know, Stuart was a huge, huge influence on me. Yeah. Um, very much because <clears throat> he was doing things he was one of those modern provocateurs. Before I knew what the word provocateur was, right. no, he was sure. pushing buttons, and he knew how to weave it all together. You know, in because a he knew eleg- how to he knew how to talk to actors. Exactly, he knew how to talk to the crew right. to kind of get right. his way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, a suitable flesh uh, is actually tied to Reanimator. Okay. it is taking place in the same hospital mm-hmm. as Reanimator 30 years later. Okay, I didn't know uh, that. One of All the right. things—this oh, is exclusive here—but um, Miskatonic University, I didn't know this is right down the fucking street. Okay. You know, the the one that they shot the the, the plates for in the mm-hmm. first, the original Reanimator. I thought it was Massachusetts, like right. everybody else. But then we were driving no, we down shot one it day, right, right here, yeah. and we're on the four hundred five. I'm going, that's the Reanimator Hospital. We stopped and shot it, and there you go. You there know, you but go. it was. I wanted this to feel like a bit of a love letter to. Filmmakers like Stewart, right. mm-hmm. like Brian De Palma, right. those filmmakers that were playing with, um, you know, pr- provocation, right. playing with sexuality in a way that you know fits well into well, the genre.
0: You hit a soft spot when you mentioned Brian De Palma because he's some of his movies are absolutely brilliant, and, I, he, and he did weave in some really crazy erotic well, stuff. Well, you are going to
1: love this movie because, man, okay. we you got split screens and where Split screens. Oh, right. there's a split screen. So right.
0: so when does this possibly come out? What's the timeline? Which I have to ask because, remember, I'm in a little factory here. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, within a matter of weeks, we wrap, we do, and it's coming out on date certain. We're like, that's the way we have to do well, it. And I know yours is a little different because yeah. you're
1: Things are a little like things are TBD until we uh, we're probably gonna hit the festival circuit um, oh, like early so next you're going year. That whole route. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, like I mean, the, nothing's been kind of set in stone, mm. or at least mm. what I've been told to say. Okay. Um, but for now, uh, you know, like all of our goals right now in, in finishing up because we're literally we just came from the edit room okay. just now. You know, so so when did in, you shoot it? Uh, we what? shot it in uh, June, May, June. So June, July, August, September. It's four months already in post, huh? About that, yeah, uh, but we just picture locked. I know, I know, lofty goals here, but uh, but now months. now we're in the uh, the fun, <laughs> v- like version where it's like, oh, now you get to do VFX and sound and music. So and no more no frame so. fucking. It's locked, like oh, really we, locked. We, we, we frame fuck the shit out okay, of it. Okay, so it's thing. locked. Now yes. you get to do all the others. Now now it's all the the residual stuff, Got which is it. fun, you yeah. know. But our goal is to because i mean look these days it's so hard to be able to see some of our films in a theater so oh, for sure. i'm so blessed that there's so many festivals that allow so us like, to So like what play would that. be the
0: the best festival you could take the movie to? I don't want to jinx it, you know. Oh, okay, but, i'm just okay, let's say it's not this movie. Let's say you have a horror well, movie. Where would you? What would be the idea? A lot of the
1: fall um, festivals, like Fantastic Fest and Now, where's uh, that? I'm, I'm like Fantastic really. Fest is in Austin. Okay. Beyond Fest is here in L.A. Well, that fall's gone. Yeah, so I know. So what's coming up? Well, next you know, here? like South by Southwest and Tribeca. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great festival if you haven't done it yet called the Overlook um, Film Festival, which where they uh, they actually kind of make it an immersive experience too. Where never been. Never had one of my movies in a
0: festival. Get out of here! In my entire and and, then, and What's the movie people and the, well, let me
1: tell you why because the movie
0: we just finished shooting is my 370th movie so I've made a lot of movies. The minute that movie is done, it needs to get, get out there. It needs to true. generate some money. Needs to fill a slot. Needs to be out on streaming on Tubi. You know, it, it's it's a machine. I don't. The idea of taking a movie <laughs> and throwing it out into a film festival thing. I mean, I'm not making those kind of movies yeah. anyway. I mean, I've made some that you can go back and go, well, reanimator or whatever. They're movies but I've made. But considering
1: the 900 movies that you've made. 370. <laughs> pretty damn close. <laughs> okay. But, you know, there, there's that adage of like one for them and one for me. It's like, right. did you ever want to have a one for you that you can maybe just take a step back and not like and, and, and let it kind of f- like go out into the ether? And okay, This the, is a good segue world? because the, the answer is there is one.
0: Okay. There's a movie, it's a long story, the short, shortest version. It's called The Primevals. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a great collaborator of mine at Full Moon is a guy was a guy named Dave Allen. Dave oh, Allen was a stop Dave motion animation one guy. One of the geniuses. Went back to he was a Ray Harryhausen protege. You he, talk about this in the book, I yeah. do. And um, so yeah, Dave and I started with Laser Blast in the 70s, mm-hmm. and you know, he did amazing work for Puppet Master and Dolls, Stuart Recorton's dolls. Yep. Endless amount of great stop motion work. And he had a pet project that was completely out of our budget range called The Primevals. It required 12 weeks of shooting, yeah. which is like, uh, that doesn't happen at full moon or prior. And then after you shoot this 12 week expensive movie, it required two years of stop motion animation. Yeah which means you spend 80% of the money, and it's sitting there, and then these guys, one frame at a time, are like doing the stop motion. Mm-hmm. So in the 90s, there was one year that was a banner year in Paramount, and I finally said, Dave, I've promised you this for 20-odd years. Let's do Prime Vals. So my dad was an awesome father and veteran filmmaker. He um, line produced it with uh, Debbie Dion, who I mm-hmm. was married yeah. to, and they went 12 weeks. We built sets at the Romanian studio that I built that I owned for nine years, and we shot in the Italian Dolomites, and we shot this amazing movie, um, wrapped it, and we began the two-year stop-motion animation, uh, you know, post-production process. And about 18 months into that, uh, Dave died of cancer. Yeah. And that was, I don't know what year anymore, because it, it's all in a, some late 90s somewhere. And that was around the same time that the full moon's fortunes uh, didn't didn't flow. They yeah. ebbed. And so we literally had to pack things up, and we put prime which was a finished movie in terms of photography 150 of 250 stop motion shots literally in a box up to three years ago or four oh years ago when um, fortunes again turned for the better and streaming and all the stuff we're doing now and uh, i got chris endicott who was dave's right arm guy and mm-hmm. he Brought a team together, and we literally are finishing the movie next month. I mean, they'll be oh finished after 37 years. So why can't? you? So therefore, there's there's that, your that, festival darling. This will be the festival darling because because uh, are you listening? Yeah, yeah. No, well, people. A lot of people follow the Primevals. It's amazing. At some point, really soon, I'll be showing some footage and some. Oh, like, I mean, did you did
1: you hear about Phil Tippett's movie Mad yes. God? I mean, yeah. that's what like, like everybody obviously like Dave Allen. Phil, Phil Tippett yeah. was a god, Amazing. and yeah. this was his dream project, yeah. and he finally got it done. I'm yeah. telling you, and they man, release it on Shutter. He didn't do the film. The world yet. needs yeah. a Charlie Band festival. Well, this Halloween. is this is uh, this is Dave Allen. If, and Lord, Charlie, if Lloyd Kaufman can have the, you know the <laughs> the Cachet du France, you know, do an entire retrospective on him. That's okay. I think it's time for like us to have that Charlie Band moment. Well, the Prime evils I'm really
0: proud of, and and you know, my brother, who's the most amazing composer, did uh, an incredible score. I mean, my brother, Reanimator, From Mm -hmm. Beyond, Puppet Master, pretty much all the well-known Full Moon Signature series he's done the music for. And the music is such an integral part. So what's left to do? It's literally, we're we're finishing a mix, it's done. It'll be done in three weeks, literally done in three weeks. Now, if this was any other Full Moon movie, especially with that investment, we'd, get it out somewhere yeah, of soon course. but this
1: deserves the festival route let it find its home i know. guarantee you there's so many festivals and that's that's the beauty of like our genre now right. is that there's so many great genre festivals mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. that would kill to right. have that as like a premiere film, yeah. Well, so. we're,
0: we're that's where we're going.
1: We haven't started that process, but that's,
0: so you kind of that's a nice way to wrap this up, dude. That, that Thank we're, you we're, so we're, so much. And, and I should do your podcast unless yes. I already did it, and I don't remember. No, nope, no. Nope. Well, this knowing you guys <laughs> this is going to be
1: out in three, two, 1. Yeah. So. Well, when you walk out of
0: here, you can watch it. No, that's not true. I wouldn't be surprised. This but. will be out because people like to know um, on audio on Tuesday. Okay, because it comes out quickly on audio, awesome. and it's usually that following Thursday. Where it'll be out on all our streaming channels, will mm-hmm. be out on YouTube. We put them up on Tubi. And we get twenty, thirty thousand people watching each episode, and and eighty percent of that they actually watch
1: it. Now, how long? It's they on watch, Tubi it, as well. It will Tubi be. has yeah. the best library of horror movies Tubi. out right now. Like we found, I like was looking up Rolling Thunder. I'm like, of course, it's on Tubi. We, we
0: love Tubi. We were one of the first who uh, lucky to have a it. channel. You mm-hmm. know, so Full Moon for the last five years has had a channel on. Tubi, But more times than not, if I'm looking for some odd movie that, you know, I don't have a a Blu-ray on or a DVD or it's not on Amazon or Netflix, you'll punch it up on your screen and
1: it's on Tubi. It's always on Tubi. It's become a joke at home where it's like, a commercial on Tubi. I'm so used to that now. Really? It's like, look, if I want to watch tape heads, I'll deal with 30 seconds of a fucking shitty Verizon commercial. Well, the
0: commercials are at least… Not It's not about cancer. You know, you know, you turn on the news and every other I don't commercial. Know, the the, I the Crohn's
1: had, disease one that oh, has no, been no, on no, no, where no. you're like, oh, no, I'm good. Yeah, I don't want
0: to hear about that stuff. I would pay money. Why hasn't someone taken a great news channel – and and just i'd be paying 10 bucks a month mm-hmm. just give it to me commercial free just give me the news don't let me sit through all these pills and people dying and the poor dogs even though oh, I, I shouldn't say that to you cuz the corky schmorky thing but at the, the end co- of the day <laughs> the whatever, the, quirky, whatever the fuck it is i'm just saying i don't want to see those things yeah. you know and i'll pay money just like well don't yes. they have like the premium channel versions of no, that no
1: well it's it's a, a streaming thing which is also because kind of, your money is probably not as prolific as the appetizers exactly so they're like you know what we'll we'll take the the schmorky yorky
0: (laughs) thing. i don't mean to be mean but i mean and the problem with these commercials and we all know this but i just have to say it is that you know the those disclaimers are half the length of the commercial so whatever they're selling someone
1: throwing frisbee in slow-mo it's like side effects include death right well (laughs) no but it's it's a
0: litany of things yeah and they have to say it but we obviously as an audience, if you're interested in whatever the medicine is, we tune out of that. No one listens. They, 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 I've heard... No, you just
1: want to watch people running on the beach, right, and, right, you know, right. like you're, sharing you're hot dogs with <laughs> friends, not going like side effects include, you know, like cancer and all right, this right. other shit. Like no 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 no, like oh it's I'm just a bummer, completely but you entranced. know, it's the world
0: we live in and, and, and we are blessed, we are lucky, mm-hmm. let's face it. I mean, there are a lot of amazing things going on right now, even though the news regurgitates the ugly shit, you know. That's their job on that note no we got to end on a happier note There's something i don't know yorkiethon yorkie okay so tell us so yorkiethon is when yes it's december 4th through <laughs> 10th and are you going to stay up again though no, no, you know no 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 I, that's the last worst, year this is our I 18th or 19th out. Podcast. Yeah. That was this is the most gross story about you exploding
1: with the diarrhea in the bathroom. Yeah, but it's a John Beekler story. Why are you shocked? <laughs> come on. That's why. I, I, like, I've like i smelled John before. Oh, right? Jesus. Like, come okay. on. Why did I even bring it up? Why did you bring it up? So, Yorkie. So Yorkie what, Yorkiethon. So, the movie crypt is putting on uh, our annual Yorkie thon. This will be the seventh year. It's from December 4th through 10th. Wow. Uh, You're going to be. But bullet- we have a Yorkie? No, I don't, but Adam does. And, oh, is and this just because Adam's got a Yorkie dog? Just, I, I would totally take a Yorkie, and no, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with a French bulldog, um, uh, but uh, yeah. So we do. We uh, usually we stay up for forty eight hours straight. This year we're spreading it out over forty eight hours over a course of a week, so we can have more guests on. Uh, you know, a, a better chance to. And be how do you bring a guest? People. it's like, oh, it's audio, so people are. No, no, this will be video. Uh, yeah, so we'll, so we'll either like have Zoom you come or... into the sh- uh, into the studio, which you, it mm. looks kind of like your right. studio here, right. or we just do it over Zoom. Uh, but it's it's something where it's all done live. Uh, where people, um, you know, tune into the show uh, and we just kind of hang so out. So it's and like have different guests. Uh, you're raising money. Where every dollar goes to <laughs> the Save the Yorkie Foundation in, uh, in Massachusetts. Okay. And as of now, you're going to be shocked on this one. We've raised <laughs> almost $120,000. So it's wheelbarrows of Yorkies have been saved. Wow. Yep. So it's a worthy cause. It makes us sleep better at night. Does it really? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. When we're done. Did you no. call it the Yorkie-thon? Is that what I understand? Yorkie-thon, yes. It is the Yorkie-thon. Yep. yep. Okay. That's a, the legitimate name. Right, but man. we're going to have guests, musical acts, I'll be a guest, commentaries. To, we're gonna. you got to do we're like so, a mural when
0: I come on. like, Or you don't have a greasy, Just. Like you don't a, need a green screen for you. You're your own, <laughs> you're your own no, special but, but, effect. No, but
1: we're, you don't see it. But this is an amazing mural. With all your... Opuses. I just feel so bad because my hair is not green screen friendly you know? <laughs> so your poor DP or, or whoever's going to be fine. comping you'll this be, out is going to be like you'll be surprised how good it looks uh, the fact that you guys cut this on Da Vinci I'm just like holy shit we're don't have that." We're really god. good at this high, high budget shit there Charlie uh, <laughs> alright
0: well thank, thank you, you. No, dude thank you and thank good you luck so much this there's so much honor. more we could have spoken about I want well, to we'll hear a bit Serbia because you spent time you like being in Serbia you enjoy that
1: whole thing absolutely loved it yeah really nice people for sure oh my god they're the best well the best Part is they care about making oh, uh, movies yeah, still. Yeah. Instead of it being like, you know, a grip will go over and like turn a light on me. Like, I'm going to lunch. You'll get like, a, you'll <laughs> get a, all that way, buddy. you'll get a grip in Serbia. It's like, so what do you like? You want the Greg Tolan? Like, like, what do you think Magnificent Embersons? Would you like us to cut right. a hole out the floor? And you're like, I <laughs> you care do that about very movies. well. How did the girls talk? So would you like to, you know, like, would you like us to uh, cut the hole up in the floor? Like, pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. It's a good accent. Thank you. Once again, thank you.
0: Thank you. you, Thank you very much. And ciao. Okay. That's it for this week. Remember to follow the freak show for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And be sure to watch our video version of the show on full moon features and full moon's Amazon prime channel. See you dudes next time.